Hi, I'm Kathy Bixell, and welcome to It's a Beautiful Life. I'm so happy that you could join us again today, and I want to remind you to continue to email us at info at itsabeautifulliferadio.com so that we can uh, continue to stay connected with you. We want to hear your praise reports, the ways that you've been encouraged or impacted by the broadcast, and also feel welcome to give us any feedback or uh, suggest maybe some things that you would like me to teach on that you uh, believe would minister to you with this season in your life. Well, for today, we are going to go back and talk a little bit more about Jacob. We discussed over the last two broadcasts the encounter that he had at Bethel and how it impacted him and was kind of the launching pad for his journey uh, onto experiencing the fulfillment of the promises of God in his life. And uh, I, I just felt today, the Holy Spirit just led me to uh, to talk to you about you know, we, we, we talked about in the last two broadcasts, this powerful encounter that Jacob had, but also as Jacob embarked on his journey over the period of years on the way to fulfillment of his experience of all that God had for him and all that he was destined to um, experience in his covenant with God, that there were disappointments that Jacob experienced along the way. And I don't think that it's not, quote, being in faith uh, to, to address the fact that many of us, through different seasons of our lives, can experience what is, from our perspective, a disappointment. And so I am trusting the Holy Spirit today to bring a word to you in season that uh, will, will help encourage you in this area if you, in fact, are experiencing a disappointment. Um, in Genesis 28, we, we pick up in verse 15, where the Lord says to Jacob, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep watch over you with care. I'll take notice of you wherever you may go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done all of which I have told you. So the first thing that we see that I think is important is that no matter where we are and what we're going through, God is with us. And that is so important to remember, especially when you're experiencing a disappointment or a delay in answered prayer. Um, the word disappointment, uh, I did some studying on the word disappointment, which you might think is a waste of time. Doesn't she know what disappointment means? But I love the etymology of words and how what their what their root uh, meaning was because it sometimes it really opens up a greater understanding of what the word we know in a modern sense what the word evolved to be but I, I'd like to know how it first started being used and today's word disappointment comes from a 14th century French word meaning désappointer or I should say pronounced désappointer do you like my French, which had the meaning we would expect to undo an appointment or to remove from office. So the word originally began as um, to, uh, to undo an engagement or a planned meeting. Um, the verb came from the Latin word, uh, appointer, which means to appoint. And, uh, we know that that ultimately involved in our modern in our modern sense of the word disappoint means to fail to meet 
expectations. So it started off meaning uh, you would say the lawyer was disappointed or the patient disappointed the doctor, meaning an appointment or an engagement was missed. And I think that that's meaningful in the sense that when we experience disappointment, it usually means something didn't happen in the timing and in the way we expected it to. So we then experience the emotions of a failed expectation. We perceive that God just didn't show up on time. Our prayer isn't answered. Um, the desire of our heart is not met. In this, uh, in the story of Jacob, for me personally, the quintessential disappointment is experienced. Jacob, we know, leaves this place of Bethel. The Scripture tells us, and goes on journeys on east to uh, to meet his uncle Laban. And when he meets his uncle Laban, he is, or on his journey to meet his uncle Laban, he is first met by Rachel at the well. And we know the story how Jacob just is smitten with Rachel, falls in love with her. But then his uncle Laban says, "You know, we will we'll let you be engaged, and I will promise." you, uh, her to you to marry, but first you have to work for me for seven years. So, you know, and I want you to see here, this is the nuts and bolts of our journey with God when it surrounds our promises. There's, there's a process in your life and, you know, our Christianity, our, our spiritual life is not uh, microwavable. Not everything is instant. You know, we all love those moments when we get those immediate answers to prayer, but more often than not, it is not, it is a process, a journey onto the manifestation of the thing that our heart desires. You know, whether it would be for a child, for a, maybe you're listening today and it is for you a marriage. Maybe it's the fulfillment of a, a dream for a business or uh, the or the fulfillment or fruitfulness of your ministry calling or to be free from debt or or even the healing of, of a disease maybe that you've had since childhood whatever that is that burns within you to have an answer and I can guarantee you Jacob was burning here for seven years seeing Rachel every single day and I'm sure having his eyes on Rachel empowered him to every single day know that that promise the answer to that promise was awaiting him it actually says in Genesis 29 verse 20 and Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Wow, isn't that romantic? Well, we know Rachel must have been some hottie, right? He, I'm sure that inspired him every day to do his chores and get one more day under his belt thinking about that wedding night that he would have with Rachel. But for those of you that know the story, we know that Jacob's wedding night was quite the disappointment because what ends up happening is Jacob thinks he's marrying Rachel, spends the night with who he believes is Rachel, and then wakens to find because in Middle East, in, in, the, in that culture, the veil was placed upon the bride. And he then discovers that it is not Rachel, but it is Leah. And you can imagine the disappointment, or maybe you can. I, I don't know if I can even imagine that disappointment, thinking you married someone and waking up and it's an, a complete other person. And you have just labored for seven years. 
So I think you're, hopefully you're getting my point here that, you know, we can laugh about it because it is such a bizarre experience. But the fact of the matter is, is we see Jacob here, uh, you know, experiencing tremendous disappointment. And if you read the story of Jacob and Rachel and Leah and Laban and everything that happened in that household, you know, it could be any household of ours right now. It could be anyone's household, the level of dysfunction. And, uh, you know, they wanted babies and couldn't have them. Rachel couldn't have a baby. And then she competed with her sister-in-law, Leah. There was jealousy. I mean, here was Jacob that had two women, feuding women in his house. Talk about disappointment and, um, you know, discouragement. He had his uncle basically tried to cheat him and was dishonest. So you can imagine about, you know, the, the level of relational disappointment that was there. So the question is, how do we respond when our expectations are not fulfilled, when our hopes are dashed in very meaningful ways in our lives? You know, I know uh, several people in my sphere of influence in my life right now that that are walking through uh, those kind of situations where they've prayed and they've believed for something and it hasn't exactly happened as they've desired it would. And so there's no sense in ignoring it and pretending that it doesn't happen, but we need to look at real uh, practical ways that we can overcome a disappointment. Because really, when we look at the meaning of the word, it's about an appointment. Just because an appointment is missed doesn't mean you're still not appointed to the same thing if that makes sense. God still has his plan for your life. And so uh, our first reaction, one of our first reactions uh, needs to, to have an understanding that God is still for us, that his plans for us are still awesomely wonderful, and that he will make all things, no matter what the source of them is, he will make everything. Remember that scripture we read in Romans chapter eight on our, our previous broadcast? He will orchestrate everything to work towards the expected end and the good future that he has for us. So just because an appointment, I've, I've missed plenty of, well, I shouldn't say plenty. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at making my appointments on time, but there's been a time or two where I've, uh, a one time in particular, particular, I will know where my, my young son got a hold of my uh, smartphone and without me knowing what he was doing, he was playing with the phone and reset the time on the phone to China time and for the, for the time in China. And so for the next week, every time I logged on, all my, my appointments were off by like a day or two. And I couldn't figure out what happened that, uh, that all these appointments were off. Well, it didn't mean that I wasn't ultimately going to experience what was planned in those appointments. The timing was just off. So that could be one reason that, you know, we are, we're human that we don't always understand. You know, the Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. So the key when we experience disappointment is not to allow our emotions and what we're feeling to 
override the truth of God's word about us and about our circumstances and our life. So when we experience that sadness, bring it to the Lord. You know, Jesus is our friend. You know, there's no sense hiding how you feel. You know, there's sometimes where you just might, you know, say to God, Lord, I don't understand what happened here. I thought, quote, I was doing everything right. I thought that I heard from you. See, if we stay in that place of trying to figure out why, unless the Lord specifically reveals to us why, it's just, it's like a hamster wheel. You know, we'll never get off of it. And then the enemy will have achieved his goal in our life, which is to get our eyes off of Lord, of the Lord and his faithfulness and his trustworthiness. Because the fact of the matter is, no matter what we experience, he can still be trusted to work out a positive, well-meaning outcome for our lives. So that's the first thing that we need to do is recognize that we are going to have emotions around the disappointment. So we are going to have to take time to allow the Holy Spirit to restore our soul, to get our mind back in order to, to start thinking the right thoughts and meditating on the truths about who God is, not about how we feel necessarily about what we just experienced. Um, one of the things that we can do is to be thankful for what we do have, for, for the goodness of God we are experiencing in other areas of our lives. Uh, that's one of the first things that happens really when we experience disappointment. We become fixated um, and our emotions uh, belabor the point of, of God not seemingly being on time. Um, so we need to exercise gratitude and be thankful for the things that we do have, for the blessings that we are experiencing, even though in this one area, we're not seeing what we want to see when we want to see it. And that leads me to uh, another point, which is that not everything appears as it really is. And I love the, the voice translation of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 7. The path we walk is chartered by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. So what we're experiencing, you know, is not really how things truly are. If we have the eyes of faith that, you know, maybe we know that God really is a God of new beginnings. You know, he's, he's a God that, that even when we're, when we're crushed, the apostle Paul says, you know, I might be crushed and some of us can experience feeling crushed by disappointment. He writes in 2 Corinthians 4, I may be crushed, but I am not driven to despair. Why? Because in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he writes that his path, his journey is chartered by faith, not by what he sees. And so we have to look, come up and look beyond ourselves and look at Jesus, look, look at at the Father, look at His promises, cause our eye of faith to be opened so that we can see the potential of how God is going to fulfill that promise in the future and how He's going to work out our circumstances right on time for the best ending that His wisdom knows exists for us.
And that's where trust and faith comes, that God has a better outcome. Maybe that door was slammed in your face on that job because there's a better one. Maybe there was someone in that office God knew as much as you wanted that job, that would not be the right environment for you. Maybe that person you were going to marry, you thought was the right person, you know, but then you experience the disappointment and the crushing of the broken relationship only to find out years later that it was the best thing that could have ever happened to you not to marry that person. But see, that's all hindsight. But when we don't have the privilege of hindsight, we have to work in foresight. We have to, we have to live by faith in our situation. The other thing that really is important uh, to do or I should say not to do when we are experiencing disappointment is to compare ourselves, you know, to that person around us, uh, that seems to get their and their prayers answered more quickly than we do, or, or even may have the thing in their life or that breakthrough that we are so much desiring. And that was really the experience of Jacob and Rachel, that Rachel had to endure wanting a child so desperately you know, have you ever wanted something? All of us have been in that place in our lives where we've wanted something so desperately. And that was Rachel's experience. And yet she had to watch Leah give birth to one child after another while she had none. And sometimes that's part of perhaps the test we're walking through. You know, what, what, how are we responding to other people's blessing in the midst of our disappointments? You know, that's something that we need to think about. And it says here that ultimately Rachel persevered and Jacob persevered. I'm sure they did as a couple. And it says here in Genesis 30, verse 22, um, the, that God remembered Rachel. God remembered his appointment. See, Rachel may have thought she had an appointment, but God remembered their real appointment, the timing that he had planned for her, for her uh, answer to her prayer and answered her pleading and made it possible for her to have children. So here again, we see, you know, the whole dynamic of not having a disappointment because something doesn't happen at what we perceive to be the appointed time, but God has his appointed time. And you know, the minute we release our prayer to God, he hears it. So it's not that God isn't hearing our prayers. And if there is a blockage to our intercession or our petitions, God loves you so ferociously and furiously. You know, we sing the song that his God's love is furious, that it, God is filled with so, so much passion. Do you think that he would watch you as his precious sheep to veer off a path that was going to be dangerous to you or keep, uh, keep you from receiving your promise and not let you know what that is, you know, send a friend, give you a dream, give you a vision, illuminate the word somehow to get across to you the wisdom that you need to get back on track. So we have to get rid of those ideas that on those thoughts that because something doesn't happen in our timing and when we think it has to happen, that God somehow has forsaken us because that is the furthest thing from the truth. And we know from the fruit that came from Rachel's womb, it was Joseph, right? Joseph was 
was uh, Joseph and Benjamin were, were, were two of her sons born as the manifestation of her promise and the blessing that they were to the world. So we just can't give up. Let's look at uh, another portion of scripture, Psalm 37. David wrote Psalm 37, dealing with this whole issue of the de- what seems like the delay of divine appointments, what seems like uh, the delay of blessing, and then having to manage that those emotions when you have to look at others prospering. So you can read the whole Psalm for yourself, uh, perhaps in your devotionals sometime this week. It's Psalm 37. I'm reading out of the voice translation. He writes here, uh, believe verse three, believe in the eternal and do what is good. Live in the land he provides. See, that's what Jacob had to do in the midst of his disappointment over Leah. He had to get up the next day and live with the knowledge that God was going to fulfill the promise he had given him in that encounter, that he was going to get his land and be brought back and every promise would be fulfilled. So David writes, live in the land he provides, roam and rest in God's faithfulness. Take great joy in the eternal. His gifts are coming and they are all your heart desires. Isn't that a great promise? Psalm 37 verse 4. Take great joy in the eternal. His gifts are coming and they are all your heart's desires. Your disappointment is just a setup for your divine appointment. Verse 5, commit your path to the eternal. Let him direct you. Put your confidence in him and he will follow through with you. He will spread out righteousness for you as a sunrise spreads radiance over the land. He will deliver justice for you into the light of the high sun. And then this is the verse I love, verse 7. Be still, be patient, expect the eternal to arrive and set things right. Don't get upset when you see the worldly ones rising up the ladder. Don't be bothered by those who are angered in wicked ways. So turn from anger, don't rage, and don't worry. Now listen to what David says. Turn from anger. See, this is the other thing. We have to deal with our anger and give that to the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to to settle us and calm us down with his promises of truth. Turn from anger. Don't rage and don't worry. Why? Because these ways frame the doorway to evil. Now we, that doesn't necessarily, we know the word evil in the Bible is just oftentimes evil can be the way we think about something. Besides, he writes, those who act from evil motives will be cut off from the land, but those who wait, hoping in the eternal will enjoy its riches. So what you have to do, you know, I'm not pretending to have all the answers, but There's things I do know. I do know what the word says. That I can be sure of. I had a dear friend who wrote uh, something in an email to me yesterday. And they said, you know, there are so many things we don't know and understand. But what we do know 
is the word of God, the truth, the word of God reveals to us. And when we are walking through disappointments, my friend, that is all we really can depend on to anchor our souls in strength and peace in the midst of turbulent emotions and fears that surround us over our disappointment. I'll be right back with you and we'll pray together. Joseph's house. It all started with a dream, a vision, the opportunity to rescue, clothe, feed, educate, and reach out, bringing the kingdom of God to the next generation of teachers, doctors, and leaders. Joseph's house gives children the opportunity to achieve their dreams by giving them the necessary and fundamental tools aiding them in achieving their God-given destinies. The vision is to build a world-class boarding school, providing children with an atmosphere of inspiration and the love of God. Every child has a dream. With your help and support, we can give these beautiful children of Uganda the chance to develop who they are destined to be, all while being loved and encouraged. Please consider praying about donating into the lives and future of these young children. Visit josephskids.org. As we are getting ready to close the broadcast today, I want to read uh, for you some further verses in Psalm 37 and then pray for you. Verse 23 reads, If you are right with God, He strengthens you for the journey. The eternal will be pleased with your life. And even though you trip up, you will not fall on your face because he holds you by the hand. If you're out there listening today and your disappointments have even caused you to behave in ways towards God or towards others that you know has been destructive to, to your daily life, you know, he, the Lord says here, even if you trip up, He'll make sure you don't fall on your face. The fact that you're listening to this broadcast means that you're not going to fall on your face because I am going to believe that the Lord is going to lift you up in this time and keep you from journeying on to despair and not your next divine appointment. And notice what David says here in Psalm 25, in Psalm 37, verse 25, through my whole life, young and old, See, David wrote this after many, many, many decades of experience of journeying with God. This isn't something just a young boy penned. This was uh, penned when he had experienced a lot of disappointments, a lot of ups and downs in his life. He said, through my whole life, young and old, I have never witnessed God forsaking those who do right, nor have I seen their children begging for crumbs because they are always giving and sharing. Truly, their children are a joyful blessing. He never witnessed God forsaking those who did what is right. So, Father, I pray for every listener today, no matter how they are listening or where they are. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit will come and awaken them 
to the knowledge of the truth in your word, that you will never leave them or forsake them, that even if they have fallen prey to the destructive emotions of crushed, dashed hopes and disappointments, that Lord, right now where you are, the word of God has come to revive them and restore their soul and restore their emotions and ignite afresh their faith and their expectation. Father, I thank you for the power of God, that it comes through the word of God. And I say that though the righteous man falls seven times, the Lord will lift them up. Father, I pray that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. Help them, Father, to see beyond their circumstances to a God that loves them, that they will not be wearied in their mind and forsake their journey. May the spirit of perseverance that Jacob had to go one more day, and that turned into one more week and month and year, till one day he woke and found himself experiencing the fulfillment of his heart's desires. Lord, I thank you for the answer to this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. So I believe that the word has come to revive and strengthen your heart and that you will now purpose from this day forward to do, as David said in Psalm 37, to take great joy in the eternal, to know his gifts are coming, and they are all your heart's desires. Wow, I don't know about you, but that was some good word today, right? It's all, I'm just the, you know, I'm just the donkey that delivers it. All the word is God's heart for us. So continue to log on to our website, www.kathybixel.com. Uh, email us your prayer requests, your praise reports. Find out where I'll be speaking next. And uh, you'll also avail yourself to our other resources that are on the site. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next time. We trust you enjoyed this episode of It's a Beautiful Life Radio, along with the teaching ministry of Kathy Bixel. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit itsabeautifulliferadio.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at an event or church near you, please email info at itsabeautifulliferadio.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen, as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you this beautiful life. So long for now.